This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're giving you 10 prospect team fits that we'd like to see. We're opening up the imagination for this one, so go easy on us a little bit, but have fun with us as well. We're going to go down the NFL draft order. We're going to look at some teams. We're going to look at some prospects and say, hmm, they could be available for this team to select them. I'd love to see the impact this player would have on this exact team. It yields quite the conversation. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Make sure you get in on it with us as well. I'm Trevor Sikkim, but with me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys on a Thursday edition of the show in which we get a little bit creative here. Back end of the week on Thursdays. We're all jonesing for the NFL games that are coming up during the weekend. We've talked plenty about those. So we're giving you a little bit of a break, a creative break as Connor and I each give you five prospect team pairings that we really like. Now, Connor, I kind of set this up to go any different way. There there could be a little bit of wiggle room with, hey, you know, maybe this prospect doesn't quite get to this player. But if if they do, I'd love to see the pairing. But we're going to give you guys 10 total, five from each of us. Early look at some uh, prospects who we think could go to certain teams. How are you feeling today, my friend? Good, man. I'm excited about this one. As we get these declarations, it opens the door for us to be able to do shows like this, where you could start not talking about the player on the college football field as much and more about the player fitting with an actual NFL team for next year. And you and I have already discussed these. We've had a lot of fun with these. Um, I don't want to say don't take these too seriously because I think we came pretty close yeah, with I mean, the projections, but take, take we're, Connor's, we're having fun. Take Connor's more seriously yeah. than mine. <laughs> scream, scream at me. Uh, praise Trevor. And by no, the way, let me... No, yours are more realistic, I'm saying. People are going to freak I mean, the hell out at mine. <laughs> we're going to have we're going to have a lot of fun with one of yours. Let's just hype it up that way and I do want to give a shout out. It was really cool to see our midweek show even with it being one day later than usual as I I tea and honey my voice for dear life here. Uh the views, the response, the engagement yeah. and not engagement of like click this for your crypto dreams like actual like you know, like people like commenting, getting in on the combo or wanting to be a part of the combo. It right. just goes to show you when it turns to the new year, the amount of people that gravitate to the draft is overwhelming. And I know you and I are very appreciative of that. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad you shouted it out. This is this is part of what this podcast is. Yes, Connor and I are going to bring you the facts of what we think you need to know for a lot of these prospects and how you can evaluate them and potentially plug them into your favorite team, but also we are draft fans. We do this because yes. we love it. And, and and shows like the one yesterday where we had so many different, what if this team does this? What if this team does this? That's so much fun to us. So are days like today. Let's think about what is possible with the NFL draft. I think that that's always something that I really enjoy. I did want to shout out one. Matthew hit me up on Instagram about this one. And uh, it's it combines one of what we talked about on yesterday's pod, but it goes even further. 
Matthew said, Bears trade back to Indy's pick at number four and also get two future first-round picks because the bidding war goes up so high. Okay, so follow me here. Chicago dropping from one to four and then getting two future first-round picks, one in 2024 and then 2025. Wow. Then, not done here. Then. Wait, there's more. Quarterback goes one and two overall. To Indianapolis and to Houston. Chicago sitting there at four. Guaranteed that one of Will Anderson or Jalen Carter will be there. Then he says, Philly calls up with 10 and whatever it is, 32, and goes, give us four. We want Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. And so then Chicago trades from four to 10 and 32. So then Chicago goes from having the number one overall pick to having the number 10 overall pick, the number 32 overall pick, an extra second round pick as well that they that they got earlier this season, and then two future first round picks. Ugh. The GM, the, the, the mad scientist GM in me has a massive smile. Matthew, well done. It's unhinged, my friend. But you love to think about it. Totally unhinged like in the best way. Yeah. That's so amazing. Just, I just wanted to read that one off. The, that and so many others uh, were, were thrown out there as scenarios and comments and everything that you guys are great bringing to the table. Talk about building a war chest of draft capital if you're <laughs> Chicago. You're just sitting there like the like Huel laying on the pile of money. It's Ryan yes, Poles laying Ryan on a pile Poles. of draft picks. All those Literally. draft picks. Yes. Hey. And as, lo- as long as he's guaranteed that he can, uh, you know, live out his time in Chicago as long as those that, draft picks are still there. So that's my question is, one, does he play himself and he doesn't get to make the picks, which is why we don't see brilliant scenarios like that ever really happen in the NFL. Although if you look back, Chris Ballard maybe should have done it because he's going on bought time in Indy. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that the Bears are in a fascinating place, right? Because it is already year three next year for Justin Fields and his rookie contract. Mm -hmm. And you do play with the fine balance of like, I don't think anybody expects the bears to be a, a legit contender next year. You'd like to see them make the jump. Like we saw the lions Jacksonville. And before they bottomed out the jets, like those three teams went from always picking, it felt like in the top three to five to seven plus wins this year. Mm -hmm. That's probably what the bears are looking for next year. But you need to be careful where you push everything so far down the road and you're like, oh, shit. Like now we have to probably pay Justin Fields. Right. So right. It's, I'm not crapping on that comment. I actually think it's really interesting. But these are the fine balances that NFL GMs always have to weigh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we'll get into a similar combo today, Trevor. Speaking we're, of rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, we're going to get into uh, we're going to get into a lot of things today. So shout out to you guys listening to the podcast, getting in on it. It's what we absolutely love. We want this to be uh, almost an NFL draft think tank, a community in which you guys can kind of get out your ideas and see what other people think for both your team or just other teams as you're watching the NFL draft uh, get solidified in the order there. All right. You want to start out with this one? We're giving five each prospect team pairings that we really like. And like Connor said, we did try to keep it somewhat realistic. Now you could look at the order as it stands today and be like, mm, all right, that might be a little bit, bit of a stretch. So maybe some of yours, maybe some of mine might need a little bit of a explanation or context saying like, ah, hey, you know, this might be a little early for this guy. This might be a little late for this guy. But if it happens somehow, some way, a trade up, a trade down movement or sitting where they're at, 
some guys that we would love to see go to certain locations. Who is your first that you want to bring to the table here? Okay, so I wanted to do this working my way down. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with my only playoff team, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Who I have Michael Mayer going to them. Okay. And a couple of things come to mind here, Trevor, because some people are going to look at Mayer as this luxury pick of this first round, and I just think he's more than that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville, we don't know if they're going to bring back Evan Ingram. Totally different player. Even if they brought back Evan Ingram, there's still the door for Michael Mayer to be your inline tight end. But I look at the potential connection that Mayer and Trevor Lawrence can have in the middle of the field while getting tougher in the trenches, improving your run blocking from the tight end position. A guy that Doug Peterson loves that versatility of guys that can play on the line, off the line. Um you know they're set at wide receiver there, or you're really comfortable with what they have at wide receiver there. But the thing we always say about Jacksonville is, which is why you saw Quentin Johnston getting mocked to them so much, they need more size out of their pass catchers, right? They're not a small pass catching group, but they need that more physical target. So I look at Michael Mayer and just think, man, him and Trevor Lawrence can be really, really dangerous. It can, in my opinion... He can be a Mark Andrews-level producer at the next level. I think they'd have a great connection in the middle of the field to move the sticks. I think it would, once again, make them a tougher football team in line. And we talk about Michael Mayer's range all the time. Jacksonville's in the playoffs. So even if they lose, you know, say they pick, what, 21st or something, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that for, for me, what is a top 10 player in this draft class? I'm I'm going back right now, and I'm trying to look up has Trevor Lawrence ever really had a tight end to lean on? I think not that I can I, remember I, the 20, the 2018 season, 2019 season. No, absolutely not. I'm looking at like the top six, seven reception leaders on Clemson. None of them are tight ends. Braden Galloway is the closest thing that we have here. And this was the 2020 season when he gave 77 catches to Amari Rogers, 53 catches to Cornell Powell, 48 catches to Travis Etienne. And then next was Braden Galloway, which is 27 catches for 369 yards. So we've obviously seen a little bit of the success that Evan Ingram has had uh, in Jacksonville. And when I say that, I don't mean to bring up context like, oh, there's no point in doing this. Trevor Lawrence has never utilized tight ends. In fact, I'm bringing up the opposite. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence has had a tight end that he's been able to really rely on outside of yep. this year. feels like the first time that he's really been able to do that. So I like this thought process here by you because Mayer might not be this top 20 lock because of somewhat of limited athleticism. But if you are the Jags and you've got playmaking potential at Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Maybe even bring back Evan Ingram. I don't know. But you're obviously adding Calvin Ridley to the mix as well. If you get that like security blanket, it's such an overused term. I know. But that that's what he is. That go-to guy over the middle of the field to go get first downs. I, that could be huge. You know, it could be the difference of, of some of those situations where we, we think about last game where it felt like Jacksonville just didn't have that go-to guy. You know, you get in third and medium, third and long. Where's the ball going? You're not really sure. Sometimes it would go to Christian Kirk, but if it's not going to Christian Kirk, maybe it's a one-off to these other players. Instead, you might have a guy who could be a consistent first-down moneymaker for you to continue to keep drives going, to continue to move the chains, to open everybody else up. 
I like it, man. I don't I don't know how many times I've heard of, of Michael Mayer going to the Jags, but I, I do like it, especially thinking back to how I just don't believe Trevor Lawrence has had that kind of presence at tight end throughout his career. No, he, he hasn't. I Whenever I think of Trevor Lawrence throwing to a bigger target, T. Higgins is the guy I think of. Obviously a wide receiver. Yeah. But when you're thinking guys that can go up and win the ball and – to your point about security blanket chains mover, Trevor, he's caught 89 first downs in the last two seasons. I mean, it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code in that area. So that was one that I thought was a lot of fun from a dynasty perspective, a real football perspective, a player that is better than a top 20 pick but could mm-hmm. go outside the top 20. Um, and my only playoff team I used for this. So where are you starting now? So I'm going to go with – actually, I should probably go in the same – sort of thought process that you have okay okay i'll start with a layup i'll start with an obvious one if Bijan robinson gets picked somewhere in the 20s i want buffalo to go get him like i don't know if buffalo is going to be picking 30 31 29 whatever like if Bijan even starts slipping at all maybe just like move up in front of the ravens wherever the ravens are picking and just go swipe Bijan robinson and look I already, I already can hear people saying, don't use a first-round pick on a running back, let alone trade up to go get a running back. Bijan is a different kind of talent, though. You know, No, you don't want to find yourself doing this often. But look at what McCaffrey was able to do for the San Francisco 49ers. That's, he put, yes, that's he it. Put, he puts him over the top, right? When you are in the right spot, if this is something that puts you over the top, that's where the Bills are. You know, the Bills are in a, in a spot where I think they need better backfield production anyways, but they also need some slot receiving work, some receiving work out of the backfield. That's exactly what Bijan Robinson is. He's one of only, what, two, three, maybe four blue chip prospects that we've got in this class. If if he starts sliding simply because he's a running back, and look, you and I both don't necessarily think that's the most plausible thing here. But if you're Buffalo, I would genuinely keep my eyes on this and I, I'd pull the trigger. If we get around 20, early 20s, and he's still on the board, Buffalo's got to be picking up the phone because this is a winning window now for them. They are clearly in a winning window for the next couple of years. Go get this guy to be a major difference maker for you. And you could say, okay, Trev, San Francisco already had stars, right? San Francisco already had Debo Samuel. They already had Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, all those guys. Okay, so does Buffalo. Right? This is truly a cherry on top of what could be a championship. And I really do think that it could be something that would be fantastic. There's a couple of different spots for Bijan to go that that I think would be great and a lot of fun. But the most fun, the prospect pairing that I love the most is him getting to go to Buffalo. It's just somebody that you get to rely on consistently out of the backfield. It would allow Josh Allen to take a lot less hits as well. So forget just the impact that uh, he has in the run in the pass game. I mean, you're taking some off of Josh Allen's plate as well, which I think is paramount for him continuing to stay healthy and being the guy that's always out there on the field. So that's kind of the way that I feel. Don't really believe we're getting a slide from Bijan Robinson. We, we talked yesterday about him maybe even being a top 10 pick. But if the league all buys in on this, yeah, we don't really need a running back. Yeah, you don't really need a running back. And it gets close to something around 20. Buffalo picking up the phone and making a deal happen, I think could be very advantageous for them, not just next year, the years that follow because of what he could do for that offense. I love it. I When I watch the Bills, they are not only a great football team, they're a well-coached team. They have talent at all three levels on both sides. Um, you know, when I say three levels of the offense, I mean – the, the offensive line could use a little help, but overall, 
my number one point when I watch the Bills is, man, they could use one more guy on offense that you're terrified of. Mm, you're sure. terrified of Stephon Diggs. You're terrified of Allen's arm and legs. Mm-hmm. But Gabe Davis, I don't think he was what they thought this year. He wasn't bad. He wasn't a guy that was a massive difference maker. Dawson Knox has run hot and cold. James Cook could maybe be that guy, but we haven't seen it consistently yet. It's You don't question that would be John Robinson. Like you said, Trevor, he's your slot. He's your super back. You know, the comp I made when we talked about running backs was he's Rams Todd Gurley under Sean McVay. And oh, that yeah. in the Bills offense is just, just utterly terrifying. So sign me up for that. This one, to bring us down to a little bit more, uh, you know, I don't want to say level-headed, but a little oh, you bit You can more. say it. You can say it. I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm going wild it, out here. Boring, I think, is what it is. This is a boring pick, but I think it's one that fits the range, fits the franchise, fits the needs. How about Broderick Jones to the Steelers? The Steelers are sure. a team that... Yeah. Yeah, the Steelers are a team that they could use upgrades on the offensive line, I think specifically at tackle, whether he's going to play on the left or right, and they just need to get bigger and tougher on this offensive line. And that's what I think of with Broderick Jones and the Steelers ripped off a ton of wins at the end of the season. So they're now picking 17th Uh, spoiler alert. I think Skaronsky and Paris Johnson are gone by the time they pick. So then I look at a guy like Broderick who former five-star really has all of the tools to be a top 10 tackle in the NFL. Still has Mm -hmm. a couple technical things to clean up really needs to not let uh, defenders get so much leverage under him, under his pad level. Which but he I think, can get low, too. That's yes. something I love about Broderick is, like, he's got, like, the hips are flexible, man. Like, he can he can spread out the base, and, like, his base is super wide. He gets the butt down low. And, and He's an impressive human. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's there for him. So that was it for me right here with the Steelers. It's the Kenny Pickett era going forward, George Pickens, Najee Harris. They got stars on defense. Yeah, there's a couple of things they could use on defense, but I look at getting this offensive line right, and I think that's the guy that's there. They need corner bad too, right? They do. Not to, I mean, I'm not not to like nitpick no, the pick. I, mean, I, yeah, I love the Roger Jones pairing. I'm just trying to think of like options for the Steelers at 17. You know, we talked about the potential corner run, like Joey Porter Jr., Cam Smith, uh, Keely Ringo. Uh, maybe Christian Gonzalez if he makes it down there, right? Depending on how high Devon Witherspoon goes. Like, it's just guys that you're thinking about anywhere from 10 to 20, I would say, could be a good run for corners. But I think that's also the perfect run for offensive line. And I think the point that you brought up with Kenny Pickett is an important one. You can't, Don't let the offensive line get in the way of really screwing up a rookie contract for like if you believe in this guy if you think this is the guy that can get you to the playoffs and um can really move you forward towards the championship which Pickett took good strides moving in that direction at the end of the year don't let offensive line be the question mark you know as much as i do think corner is a premium position i agree with you i think that broderick jones jones is a good one do you do you think that's probably where they look first i feel like it has to be right even though there's other needs that could be tempting for pittsburgh i i, I I, I think offensive tackle line's got to be where they're going. Okay. Tackle and corner. Yep. All right. Um, but if the name... tackles are gone, like, do they have to look at no sirens, you know, sirens, torrents, torrents? Oh, know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's where my brain went right away. I'm looking at the Steelers. All right. Um, right. I'll stick with the corner train. 
I'd love to get Christian Gonzalez in Seattle. Right? I just it's it's I'm, I'm a I'm a sucker for this becoming a reality. Seattle's draft class last year. Unbelievable. This is a team that we thought were going to win three or four games. And here they are sitting in the playoffs. One, of course, because of Geno Smith and how Geno Smith has played. But in last year's draft, they found two starting offensive tackles. They found two starting cornerbacks. One of them an outside corner who has unreal potential in Tariq Woolen. And they also got themselves a athletic pass rusher in Boye Mafe and a offensive rookie of the year candidate in Kenneth Walker. Seattle truly took a two to three year drafting window and condensed it into one class for them to hit, especially at offensive tackle, right? How many offensive, how many starting caliber offensive tackles do teams get in a single draft? Probably only one. And that's only if you use a first or second round pick on one, you're normally not getting starting caliber offensive tackles in the NFL, drafting them in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever rounds, not saying it can't happen, but I'm saying the odds of it happening are very slim. Shoot. Even the guys hitting at the very top are sometimes very slim. So for Seattle to have achieved that last draft, accelerate so much of what they were rebuilding on the roster Go make the secondary just an absolute strength of your team. If you get Christian Gonzalez, 6'2", 210 pounds, moves about as smooth as butter. He's going sub 4'4". If you got him on one side, and then you've got Tyreek Woolen on the other, and Kobe Bryant can stay in the slot and play where he's had a lot of success early this year. You got Jamal Adams on the back end. Uh, Quandre Diggs is still on the back end. Ryan Neal is on the back end. Like, I don't, I don't know which one of them has a, has a contract that might be Jordan Brooks in the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's just that I I am a sucker for that becoming true. That's just, it's long athletic secondary players that can allow you to have the versatility to match up against any team, however you want. And I'd love to see it. Now, Seattle's currently picking 20. They're also picking it six or five, six, five, five is what it is. I'm trying to remember off memory. I'm getting it, folks. I don't think they're taking Christian Gonzalez at five. Maybe you could trade down from five to 11, 12, probably get them somewhere around 10. Yep. I'd say 12 to eight. So that's realistic if that could happen there. Or if they lose in the first round this upcoming weekend, you stay within striking distance of Let's say, now let's pull up the draft order here. Tennessee's at 20? eleven. No, I'm 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 thinking a little higher. Like Tennessee's at eleven. Yeah, New he's England's, going top fifteen. New England's fourteen. If Christian Gonzalez is still sitting on the board and Seattle's picking it around twenty, you can call those teams and realistically get up. I think if they want to, if they would want to make a deal. So it might be a little bit of moving and shaking to make this one happen, but the prospect to team fit is something that I love. I'd love to see it. He's every bit of the freak show prototype that they love. And I like your idea of making an area we're growing stronger in and solidifying it to make it a strength. I'm always yeah. a fan of making a strength stronger, man. Gives you an identity. Gives your team... When you get off the bus, something that everybody knows is a problem and there's not much they can do about it. And to me, it 
it doesn't allow you to fall into the trap of drafting for a need, right? That's when I think teams do get stuck is sometimes when they pigeonhole themselves to say, well, we don't take an edge rusher in the first round of this draft. We're screwed. And there are times throughout a franchise's history when you just kind of got to bite the bullet. It just is what it is. Like some years don't really um, come out the way you want them to. But I feel as though responsibly continuing to make a strength stronger, especially in areas that have high impact, do allow you to grow a healthy identity for your team, a healthy roster, and uh, and complement it um, appropriately. So that was my that was my other one. Christian Gonzalez, the Seahawks. Speaking of building on an area that was improved in last draft, how about Jackson Smith and Jigba to the, and Jigba to the Packers here uh, in the top twenty? Yeah, so. I mean, here's the deal for me. One, we we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback. We don't know if Jordan Love is playing quarterback. What we Mm -hmm. know is they have Christian Watson, right, who showed a lot of promise the second half of the year. It kind of seemed like Alan Lazard is not optimistic about returning. Did you find that interesting? Uh, That interview is, I mean, he sounds a little surprised. He was was like, yeah, if this is my last game, which it is, I was like, oh. Yeah, whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. A little I, strange, but all right. And I, very out of character. I I didn't know I got, he was that mad. Neither did I. I. I got to interview Lazard at Radio Row a couple of years ago and talk about like the happiest, like lighthearted, hmm. you know, just like a dude that's just like, it was just like, wow, for him to do that. This isn't somebody that's pissed to be pissed all the time. I was like, what, what went on here? Hmm. Either way, knowing that, let's assume Alan Lazard is leaving in free agency. Okay. I mean, I like Fair. the long term of Romeo Dubs. Dobbs is a three. Dobbs, Dubs, Dubs. Dubs, Dubs, my God. <laughs> and then you get into the world of you need another wide receiver and you need a good one. Mm-hmm. Jackson, spoiler alert, Jackson Smith and Jig was still my number one wide receiver in this draft. And Ooh. I know I know he's falling. He didn't play this year. Uh, he was hurt. That's going to hurt him. I get it. Dude, this guy has so much polish. The 2021 20, tape, I get 89% of those snaps were in the slot. I think he can play outside. We did that combo with Justin Jefferson, and look how that turned out. And I don't think he's Justin Jefferson. Let me make that clear. But when you get so hung up on saying a guy only played the slot in college most of the time, that's it. You got to look at the traits, and this is somebody that wins with route running to me. He's not small. He's not big, but he's not 5'8 out there. He's not 180 pounds. So He's not 6'4", 250, so he can't host the show. He's not on the stock exchange level. That is absolutely right. But, yeah, I think I, I know they don't do it, and I know I'm just kind of, you know, speaking to no one because Green Bay does not take wide receivers like this in the first round. But I would really like the idea of a guy like this that could be an intermediate possession machine paired with an athletic speed freak and Christian Watson for the next five years, no matter who is under center. His game log in 2021 is so funny. He goes, all right, so from the beginning of October in 2021, this is the year that he played, the 1,600-yard year. And it was nuts. He goes... These are receiving yards. 103, 99, 97, 
240, 139, 105, 127, 347. It was a machine while sharing targets uh, with two guys that were in the front of the offensive rookie of the year race this year, yeah. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. And I'm pretty sure both of them pointed at him one time when they asked like, who's the best of you three just mm-hmm. saying, and yeah. I don't agree with that, but I still think the guy's pretty damn good. Pretty damn that good. To, that was to the, so that was to the Packers, right? That was the team. To the Packers who are locked in with the 15th overall 15. pick. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have a I have a Packers one that that we're gonna get to next. My Packers one is next. But um, before we get to that, we're talking about a lot of rookies. We're talking about a lot of pairings. I'm presenting you guys with an opportunity to get on making some money if you actually like some of these pairings. Though not the ones that we're talking about here. Hypothetically, at the end of April when the NFL draft happens, you guys can put some money on the line to say, "Oh, yep, love that spot. Love this dude." He is going to absolutely break out. And the way you do that is with Mojo. Mojo is the all-new sports stock market that lets you invest in your favorite athletes and cash in on your passion. Sign up right now on the Apple App Store to get your first stock for free, worth up to tens of thousands of dollars if you get in early enough and you play it right. Over 300 players are currently listed on Mojo right now, so you can invest in rookies like Chris Olave, guys like Garrett Wilson, um, comeback players like we saw with Geno Smith, like Saquon Barkley. Uh, superstars like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, all those guys. You can make money when a di- when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out, or you can even short sell an overrated rival if you want to make some money that way too. Prices move with every player or every play, every game, every headline, so you guys can sell instantly anytime all year long. Mojo is live in New Jersey, so download the Mojo app right now in the Apple App Store and start turning your playmakers into money makers. Must be 21 years or older to use Mojo and located in the great state of New Jersey to make trades. If you got a gambling problem, help is available at 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit mojo.com for more details. Also, the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and our go-to place for wild card action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend just place any nfl bet of your choice and if it loses you'll get a free bet back up to ten dollars action so good why bet anywhere else it just become just became legal in ohio so over the last i don't know two weeks now i've been uh, i've been loving the DraftKings sportsbook app it's such an easy way to uh get some extra skin in the game have some fun with these nfl games download the DraftKings sportsbook app right now and use the promo code pff uh and those new customers can bet $5 on the NFL this weekend and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions reply. Apply. See show notes for details. All right. We ready to open up this can of worms with my package? Let it go. Just, just let it rip. Do not hesitate. <clears throat> Do not keep it in the holster. <laughs> a little stretch. Green Bay Packers. And number 15. If you hated Jackson Smith and Jigba, boy, do we have something for you. Anthony Richardson. All right. Here's how it breaks down. Okay. Nothing like a little cough and a laugh together. <laughs> Drafting Jordan Love and getting the most out of a rookie contract for him failed. He is in the last year of his rookie deal. They don't have any. I don't think they have a fifth year option on him. Do they? I thought when I looked it up, they didn't. Jordan Love? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Did they claim it, though? Where is uh, 
Now I'm going to have to do it live on the show. Now I'm going to look like an yeah, idiot. Yeah, here we My go. My take still stands. The take still stands. I want to make that very clear. Well, they they will pick it up, right? That's, yes. So they're going to pick it up. All right. We're assuming they are picking that up. Here's what you do. Don't pick it up. Draft Anthony Richardson instead. Jordan Love's got one year left on his deal. He still has the fifth-year option. I guess they, they could pick it up. It's fine. Aaron Rodgers has a lot of reasons to come back. Okay. Think there's reason to believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. If he does, then you're going into next year, picking up Jordan Love's fifth year option, which guess what? Fifth year option, not exactly cheap, right? You then have only one year to evaluate this guy before you then have to pay him a decent amount of money. Certainly not going to franchise tag him because you know how much that costs. Is he going to accept a little bit of a, a, a much cheaper discount? Jordan Love's got value right now. So what you can do is whether you have Aaron Rodgers for next year or not, if you draft Anthony Richardson at 15, which Anthony Richardson, more talented than Jordan Love, maybe not nearly as polished, maybe wouldn't be able to come in and play right away, more talented than Jordan Love, you could draft Anthony Richardson, get a future four- and five-year deals on him because of the first-year option, and reset the rookie quarterback contract. In a perfect world, what you do is you have Aaron Rodgers come back one more year. You have Anthony Richardson sit behind him, and then you've got those three extra years on the rookie deal plus the one-year option. Meanwhile, there are teams that need a quarterback that will not be able to draft one in the top 10 of this year's draft. You can trade Jordan Love to one of those teams and probably recoup a second-round pick and maybe a little more. So all of a sudden, yeah, you're drafting Anthony Richardson at 15, but you're drafting Anthony Richardson at 15, you're getting an extra second-round pick, which means you get two second-round picks and a third-round pick, plus you are getting a more talented, higher-ceiling quarterback and resetting the rookie quarterback contract that you have. I did it, Connor. You did. I saved, I saved the Packers. So let, so let me start with this. They are absolutely going to skewer your ass, my boy, for this one. But, but, let me explain why when you when Trevor brought this up to me before the show, that I was really excited for this conversation. It does make you realize, whether you love Anthony Richardson or not, I don't know if it was as much of the point, but it does make you realize that the Packers, things did not go to plan. Right when they took Jordan Love in the first round, how much time do you think they thought Aaron Rodgers had left with the team? Two years max. Yeah, probably. Okay, two years max. We all know how it went from there. The point of drafting Jordan Love was to restart the franchise at quarterback, and whenever anybody does that, one of the benefits is the rookie wage scale that comes with that, compared to paying a guy. 30 to now $50 million a year. No matter what Green Bay does, right? Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Because remember, if they trade Aaron Rodgers, it's not like the money just evaporates from them. No matter what they do, that benefit is gone. It. I don't want to use the words they blew it. I don't think that's the right frame. No, no. But that that benefit is gone. You didn't maximize that benefit. And the good news is Aaron Rodgers was too good that you didn't need to. 
The bad news is something you highlighted to me is that by the time Jordan Love plays, you're going to blink and one either stunk, which isn't good, which I don't mm-hmm. think he will, by the way. No, I don't. No, no, no. I don't. I don't either. I don't either. Two, you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay him. So, obviously, this was a, a very creative scenario by you. Yes. Um, but I think that was the conversation that should come out of it to me is that no matter what Green Bay does, they are very expensive, it feels like, a quarterback, no matter what. I, of course, don't ultimately think that this happens. I wanted to throw it out. No, it was a, but it's it was a, a conversation. Fun, yeah, it was a fun scenario that was kind of going around in my head, and it's an idea that I really didn't hate. So, to highlight your point, hypothetically, say you're Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Say you're Goody. Mm-hmm. And you evaluate the quarterbacks, and you go, we think Anthony Richardson is really good. We actually think Anthony Richardson is a better prospect than how we evaluated Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Very tough PRSL, but from a football standpoint, you trade Jordan Love, like you said. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year. He probably is retiring after that year or Correct. two years. Correct. Then when Anthony Richardson is time to play, the quarterback money is mostly gone. So you are back to the point you were always trying to get to. That, I think, is the theme of your entire plan. Yeah. It was, a, it's, it's, again, it was a mad scientist plan because the Packers are running out of time. Now, I think that Jordan Love could end up certainly being be fine, right? There is a reality that exists where maybe Aaron Rodgers retires. Maybe they start Jordan Love. Maybe he looks fantastic. Whether or not they picked up the fifth-year option or not, which we, we think they're going to pick up the fifth-year option. Heck, there's still a reality that exists where Love and Rodgers both on this team next year. Rodgers retires the year after that. They play Jordan Love on the fifth-year option for one year, and they make a decision after that. It's just a lot of money to be making a decision like that for not a lot of time that you've seen it. Could it work out for Jordan Love? Could all that time kind of learn him behind Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he hits the ground running. It looks great. Yes, of course, that is still there. But this is a scenario that I thought of in my head that I was like, you know, if you like Anthony Richardson... Like it, like you said, if if they evaluate Anthony Richardson and they go, this kid can be special. Maybe he won't be special day one, but there's a chance we could have something incredible here with Anthony Richardson. Then you could draft him at 15. You could still you still have the time to then recoup the picks. So it's almost like a uh, I don't want to call it a pick swap, but like a quarterback pick swap. And instead, you're just getting what is it? Two extra years, three extra years on a rookie deal for a player that you might find more talented. We've spent too much time on this. I'm trying to logic myself into it when people are already angrily typing in the comments. So I'm sorry, Packers fans. I know uh, I know that one's a little out there, but I wanted to have some fun on this episode, so I did so here with this one. Connor, please take the heat off of me and give me your fourth one. Okay, my fourth one here is Peter Skaronsky to the Titans at 11. Mm, uh, if, you, if you listen to this show, it's probably been buried into your head how bad Dennis Daly has been this year. I will remind you one more time. And now that the season's over, he allowed 12 sacks, nine more quarterback hits, 31 hurries, 52 total pressures. That amounts to. So the Titans have a tackle problem. And even if you are one of those people, just, you know, kind of praying that there's a world where Taylor Luan is back on the salary he's coming back for. I mean, we kind of went over this on this show. It's a very complicated manner. 
So, with that being said, why don't you get a guy that is viewed as a pretty versatile top-tier offensive line prospect, mm-hmm. Skaronsky, that is, I think can play tackle. I think can play guard. He was recruited as a top center at a high school. Tennessee needs to get back to being reliable in the trenches. That's what this team is under Mike Rabel. And Skaronsky, to me, is the highest floor offensive lineman in the entire draft. So, I mean, and he was, by the way, we haven't talked about him yet. He was phenomenal this year. He allowed one sack. Oh, he rarely yeah. ever got beat. He's a great run blocker. This, to me, is just one of those. It's so easy that it it really should happen in a couple months. It's just a matter of whether or not you're okay with the measurables, right? Yes, which that, exactly. I am, which I am. Yes, longer arms, a bigger frame, a longer frame helps you go one-on-one against some fast edge rushers. But you know what else does? Just being a damn good offensive lineman. Yep. And I think I think one way or another, Peter Skaronsky is going to end up as an offensive tackle in the NFL. Some people think it's the other way around, like he's going to start at offensive tackle and he's eventually going to be an interior guy. The way that I look at it right now is if, let's say he doesn't get prioritized like an offensive tackle. Let's say most teams in the NFL are like, more of a guard, gets picked somewhere in the 20s. Let's just say he gets picked somewhere in the 20s. Is like OG1 in this draft. I think there's going to come a time where, because this just happens, he's starting at a guard spot. Somebody ends up getting hurt on the offensive line, left tackle or right tackle. They put Skaronsky at one of those spots. He looks great, and he will he will stay there. So I think that whether whether he is getting drafted as a tackle in the top 15 or if he gets drafted as a guard in the 20s, I feel as though his path is going to end up as an offensive tackle at some point. That's the way that that's, that's kind of how I see the Peter Skaronsky conversation. His tape was just, it feels like so good, so reliable over the last two years. And you can't, I don't think you can give up on tape like that. If it were up to me, I'd start him an offensive tackle and wait for him to fail at offensive tackle before I ever thought about moving him inside. But I know some teams are very different. You know, we, um, we talked about Carolina using Brady Christensen automatically on the interior just because they're like, oh, yeah, he just doesn't have the measurables we like. And it's all right, well, and they started using him at tackle. And I was like, oh, okay, he's good now. Crazy. Wow, that's wild. Dude, um, Jonah Williams, Rashawn Slater, like we do that. Elijah Vera Tucker was really good at tackle this year when he had to play there. We do this combo all the time. Yep. All right. So I, I do like that one. I'll stick with I'll stick with offensive linemen. Um, I'll stick with an easy one because I I need to I need to get you, you know need I need to, to get the defrost a little I need bit. to get the people back on my side. You know I need to I need to throw them a. I've already I need, sent you to the guillotine. It's I'm sorry. Your head is now on a spike outside the city that says this no, man. But now tried, I'm, yeah, but now to I'm draft saying another quarterback to the yeah. Packers. But now I'm saying tax breaks for everybody. You don't got to pay taxes for like you know a year, and now now everybody loves me again. Um. <laughs> I'm giving everybody ice cream. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but it, it, Paris Johnson. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. He says, "Paris Johnson Jr. That's to the new, to the New York Jets." It, it's it's so simple. You did come uh, back in a really good way, by the way. It's the one that makes so much sense to me. We've talked about it before on the show. I had it in my mock draft, but you, there's there's so much versatility there. You mentioned the versatility that Elijah Vera Tucker has for this team. Um, what Makai Becton could be for this team if he comes back. If you get Makai back, wonderful. He'll start at left tackle. Paris Johnson Jr. will start at right tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker starting on the interior. Um, 
Who else is going to be back on the interior? Whose contract is up for the Jets? Well, it's going to be Lakin and ABT in an ideal world. Okay. So, okay. Lakin's still, all right. So Lakin, Lakin's still around. So, I mean, the offensive line, the, the offensive line all of a sudden looks totally different if that's the case. If you don't get Makai back to back, then you get to start Paris Johnson Jr. at left tackle. Maybe you start yep. Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle. Maybe yep. you draft an interior offensive lineman later in the draft. And then all of a you sudden, have Max Mitchell looks, coming yeah. back. He, he looked pretty good as a rookie. I mean, that you're 100% right. Harris is the new chess piece thrown into the board that you're like, cool. Now we have him in ABT and we could throw them around the offensive line. You're uh, you're all over it. I actually really liked Max Mitchell coming into the draft. I think he was he my... had an, he had blood clots, but before that, he actually flashed as a fourth round rookie. I think I I think I had him as like OT seven. We did a mock draft where we had him right at the end of the first round. Yeah, I very early, very very early. Yeah. And then we kind of reset and we're like, okay, he's probably going to be day two guy. So when he fell to the fourth round for the Jets, I I think they thought they got a really nice swing guy that can get you out of a bind. So anyways, uh, if you draft one more really good offensive lineman, especially one that's got the versatility that Parrish Johnson Jr. has, you're you're kickstarting a a new look O-line, which which I think would be fantastic for the Jets. So that is my uh, that's my fourth one. What's your last one here? Okay, this is probably my heater, I guess. My heater is like a squirt gun compared to Trevor coming out with a flamethrower. Uh, how about Devon Witherspoon okay. going 10th overall Ooh. To, to the Eagles with the Saints pick? So, so, no, Jim, Brad, so no Bradbury. No Bradbury. Bradbury walks. Okay. I saw some people saying that, you know, the Eagles don't take corners like this. I, the Eagles are such a good team that capitalize wait. on the strengths of this class. Wait, good corners like what? I, the, one of the comments was saying that like they don't they wouldn't do this because we've talked about corner for them. I was like, ah, brace yourself. They are definitely it, looking at the corners in this draft. I know that for a fact, by the way. This is like, this is the this is the team that started Devontae Maddox for forever, right? Brother, you don't have to tell me twice. Okay, I, no, no, no. I mean, like the Eagles have had short corners. It, no, no, no. They don't. No, they don't dra- like prioritize them in the first round. Oh, okay. I thought they. I thought they were talking about just like because one. I don't think Devon Witherspoon's that short. No. What's he like? Six foot, five eleven, something like that. Maybe five ten. He's not. Oh, he's not. He's not over six foot. But I thought you were. Either talking way, about, uh, I thought you. Were ta- I thought you were talking about size, and I was like, nah, I mean, I feel like the Eagles more than like other teams actually put up with smaller size of corner. But I continue, continue. I see what you're saying now. He's right in the running to be my top corner in this draft, mm-hmm. and. I love his attitude. I love the way he plays in run support. I think he was sticky in coverage. He's got great click and close. I would just love to throw him on this Eagles team. I I really would. I think they'd get a a true upside starter from day one. Really, I really do. And and I think that all I'll say is he's going wherever people think he's going. It's a lot earlier right now. He's uh we. Connor says he's going 10, so I think he's going top five. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he might he might be first overall to Chicago. He is. <laughs> well, the places we go. I uh I do like Devon Witherspoon a lot. I also think that um, you know, you gotta play with an attitude and you gotta play with the chip on your shoulder when you play corner no matter what. But especially in Philly, it's just a team that carries so much swagger to it. That defense is just so in your face they're so aggressive they're so confident and um he'd fit in right away him opposite Darius Slay I, I really do believe that he would uh he'd totally fit right in right away so I, I I like that pairing as well the last one for me 
Oh, yeah. Darnell Washington. Oh, one of my faves. To the Detroit Lions. Now, Lions pick it six, and they pick it 18. And they're not taking them at six. They, I don't think they'd even take them down if they're trading oh. down from six to 12. I don't think you're taking them. I don't know if they're taking them at 18 either, but... All I'm saying is somehow, some way, if they find a way to make it make sense, a trade down from 18 to 28 or whatever it is, let's 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 use the Bills, okay? Let's say the Bills make the AFC Championship game and they're picking 28th or 29th, and they want to trade up to 18 to go get B. John Robinson. And then when the Lions are picking wherever the Bills were, they go get themselves Darnell Washington to uh, to, to bring this thing full circle. Washington with Detroit, I think, would be awesome. It would give you a plus in the receiving game, as we've seen from his um, improvement and emphasis as more of a receiver this year. They would give you a unique inline player who can act as that sixth offensive lineman in so many different situations. And this is a team that traded away TJ Hawkinson, right? So they still do need that impact player at tight end, and they can get the total package of impact player at tight end if they get a Darnell Washington. You got to, you, like I said, you got to get a little bit finicky with how he would end up on the team. Unless you draft him straight up at 18, which feels a little bit rich, but hey, maybe that's where his value ends up because he's such an alien of a prospect. But no matter what, wherever they would draft him, I would love this pairing. I think that this would be a great addition for the Detroit Lions. I mean, can you imagine Dan Campbell's face when this guy walks out on the draft stage? Just as mammoth of a human. He he, Darnell. In this situation, Darnell Washington would get to line up next to Penny Sewell. Is that the most size and athleticism side by side in the modern in in NFL history? Yeah, because Penny is what six five three thirty five, and Darnell Washington six seven two eighty. And they yeah, both I mean, can run like the wind. Yeah, you could, you could, you could throw in an extra offensive lineman to make Penny Sewell and Darnell Washington eligible in a in a twelve personnel package. Dude, it's hilarious. That's the play. I like so, yeah. that one a lot. So yeah, we had to, we we ended with one that I hoped was a fan favorite. So yeah, that's Darnell Washington and the Lions. Trevor trying to reel everybody back in after they already clicked on subscribe to the yeah, show. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, yeah. Respect. We're doing damage control here. We're doing damage. This is a fun one. This one's good. I enjoy that. I, I like when one. fans start to get attached to players for their teams. This is that time of year. It is that time of year. You always want to be early on in on somebody, and so like fans love doing that. <clears throat> I may regret, regret doing this, but let us know what you guys thought of the podcast. <laughs> Let us, know on, let us Seriously, know on comments disabled for this video. Let us know on YouTube. If you guys are watching this one on YouTube, a uh, good way to give us your feedback, give us your opinions, give us your takes is just write down in the YouTube comments. Of course, uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers. Hit us up on Instagram as well. If you guys are listening to this just in audio form and, um, aren't really big youtube people you can definitely do that and we'll be able to read it and see it but we would love to hear you guys' thoughts as well give us one of your favorite 
prospect team pairings for the early parts of draft season here. There's a lot of draft season that we have yet to go. There's a lot of things that are going to move up and down. This is not a place to old takes expose you. This is just having some fun, as you guys could clearly hear. But we're recording we're everything. To, we are uh, going to laugh at you. We we're quite, doing this solely we, we, for the purpose to laugh at people. We quite literally ourselves. are recording everything. We yeah. actually made this podcast just to laugh at bad takes. We are trolls. Yeah, mainly just mine. Uh, all right, that's it for this week for us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll give you a what matters most. Do we want people to you want to you want to open up the listener mailbag? You want? Well, that? here's my question for you. Uh-huh. I love that we have our podcast meetings during the podcast. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, which is which is bad, <laughs> actually. Do we wait until the Bucks play, or do we? No, no, no. We do the what matters most on time, and then we include the Bucks game at the top of the draft show. No, I feel like we can't do that. I agree. It doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't feel right. Oh it'd be wrong, it'd man, be wrong to the people. What if we? He's got plan. He's got an idea, folks. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I, I think we gonna... just we have to do the Sunday night show. People are gonna people are going to wake up Monday and they are going to be hot pissed if the five games <laughs> are not recapped. And I don't blame them. So then, why don't we do that? So then, why don't we do that? Okay, let's let's recap the games. Let's give our thoughts on all the games that we saw this weekend. Let's stick with it. A, a little bit of a what matters most for Monday's episode. Um, without the Bucks and Cowboys game. And then to start the Monday episode of the show, we can kind of, you know, talk about the Bucks game a little bit and then get into more draft order talk. Maybe even get you guys a little mini mock draft. Not sure. Then we're going to, we'll probably get back into prospect rankings. For yes, next week's yes, show. yes, absolutely. Look at that. We planned out next week already. I, you know what? My God. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate, appreciate you uh, you getting in on uh, telling us how to run the show, giving us some suggestions there. I'm glad that we could all do that together, and that we could come uh, come together and do something like that. Um, everybody have a great weekend out there. Uh, enjoy watching the NFL yes. playoffs. Uh, whether your team is in it or not, make sure you get some good food, some good time with friends and family. Enjoy it. Uh, the NFL season may kind of be coming to a close, but... Hopefully the best games are yet to come over the next couple of weeks. We'll be, we'll, we will surely be watching. You guys should too. We'll hear you on Monday. I'm Trevor Sykema. With me is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. See you guys on Monday.